Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. Today I'm going to talk about kind of my whole story um, from when I'm 13, from like 13 to now when it comes to like my mental health because like so much shit has happened. This last weekend I was telling my boyfriend about my story and he was like, you're so strong and like he kind of made me realize like like, yeah, I've been through so much and I've put in so much work and, like, I'm completely different than who I was and, like, I have been through a lot. And, I don't know, it kind of, like, inspired him and then it kind of, like, inspired me to, like, embrace my, like, inner strength. And so I thought I would share that story, I guess. I guess the trigger warning would be self-harm, suicide... And like that kind of stuff like I think August of 2013 when I was 13 I started cutting I like was getting bullied at school and I told my parents like I was sick one day I wanted to stay home and after school someone texted me telling me that people were still talking about me behind my back and like that was the whole reason I didn't want to go to school so I like tried to kill myself like my therapist says it counts as an attempt because that was my intent but like I did nothing near damage at all like it was barely even cutting I did that and then my parents you know found out I got to, like a psychiatrist and like help but then I did it like one more time after that and then like was burning myself a little bit so then my mom took me to the like the hospital and it just was really scary for me like it was within like three weeks of this happening that I was like next thing you know at the psych ward and I was like whoa what's happening and like they told my mom that I was gonna be there for like a week and my mom was like oh no no she's like, like she doesn't need that like she, it's not that bad you know like it was just terrifying for her to just like let me stay there for a week obviously as a mother so then we kind of just decided we were gonna leave and we weren't supposed to be leaving. Like the security guard was watching us because they kind of already thought we were gonna leave. It was a full blown movie scene. We ran out of there, like they were chasing us. Like we got in the car, like they were in the street. We like were driving, like this was like, we were running. And then we like kind of had to hide. Like it was a whole, like I'm dead ass. It was like a whole movie, like, because my parents knew like that the cops were gonna be called and that they were gonna come home. So it was like, we can't go home, right? Um. So, like, my parents were, like, going to be in a hotel that night. And so, like, they, we ended up going back to that hotel. But then, like, we turned off our phones. And so then when we turned them back on, we, like, saw that my dad called. And, like, he, like, took care of the police. So, like, it was safe to go home. So, like, that happened. Like, I'm so serious about this. Like, so serious. And so then I was just, like, okay, whatever, like. And then I still kind of was doing it secretly and like no one really knew. And then summer came around and, you know, like I was just getting more and more depressed. Like I wasn't going to school like the last few weeks. I was just getting migraines and wasn't going to school. Um, I was too anxious to go to like my eighth grade promotion because I was like, I don't want to wear a dress up in front of all those people. Like I feel weird. Like, so I didn't go. And then I cut myself and then... 
few days later, I texted my friend saying, like, I was going to take these pills. She had gone in a similar station as me, so, like, she was kind of my first friend and, like, friend that I confided in with a lot of my mental health stuff because um, she was going through it at the same time as me. She called the police, and then my mom ended up just taking me instead of having the police come. So she took me back to that hospital and actually the nurse that was working that first night was actually there and remembered us. So that was cool. So I stayed at that hospital for a week and then I got out and two days later I overdosed. And then five days after that, I, like, I spent five days in the hospital and then two days I was in PHP, which is like partial program. So during the day I would show up to that hospital in two groups. And two days into that, I swallowed a thumbtack. Um, I'm so serious, too, about this. Like, I was fucking wild. In an attempt to try and, you know, kill myself obviously didn't work. I don't know how my 14-year-old self just was like, yeah, just swallow this thumbtack right now. So then I went, you know, back into the hospital. And I stayed there for a while. And then they ended up sending me to my first treatment center in Whittier, California, which is about two hours from me. And that place was scary, you know, like just the whole concept of being away in treatment at that age is just weird. I don't know, I wasn't adjusting well. I was like doing weird shit. They like sent me to this like psych ward one night and it was like the UCLA psych ward. Like, oh my God, like I was 14 and they, somehow accidentally dropped me off at the wrong hospital. I don't know how that happens, but there was no adolescent unit there. So they were gonna have the place come pick me back up to the next day. So I spent overnight in like this little office in the adult psych ward. And let me tell you, like this psych ward was like out of the movie psych ward. Like people throwing poop everywhere, like people screaming, banging on doors. Like a lot of the psych wards I've been to are not like that at all, at all. And this one was and I was like terrified terrified I was so scared and I would have slept there overnight but then went back to the place the next day and well then I wanted to hurt myself again so I tried to run into the street and then they were like mm, no so they sent me back to the psych ward again a different one thankfully <laughs> I stayed for a little bit and then I finally went home and then I think like two three weeks later I overdosed again so I went back to the hospital then I came home and I cut myself really bad and like we, my parents just decided I needed to go like to out of state treatment because in state in California you there's no locked facilities for adolescents so you if you want to be in a locked facility you have to go outside of California so they took me to Reno Nevada and that place was scary um it was a lot, like just, I mean, just the whole situation, all of this has been a lot, but. So I was there and then just some crazy shit was happening while I was on the phone with my parents. So like they heard what I was talking about and how crazy it was. And my dad wanted me to start this high school. So he came and got me and I went into the high school four days late, but I was not doing well. So they wanted me to get better and then come back the next semester. And so I ended up having to go to this public school near my house and I was going to be starting six weeks 
into the semester freshman year of high school and I was like no I'm not doing that so I took a bunch of ibuprofen yeah then I spent like more time in the hospital but then my parents kind of were like if you're gonna keep doing you know like this kind of stuff like we're gonna end up sending you back to Nevada and like I didn't want to go back to Nevada so I switched and like I, that's around the time that I also started seeing my therapist the one I see now so she helped a lot and I did DBT and yeah so I didn't end up going I didn't end up hurting myself for about 13 months um and then in September of 2015 when I was 15 um I got a really bad concussion playing soccer and I was like out for a while and so I was in bed all the time in the dark because I just my head was hurting I missed like our school retreats and then after that like I just started cutting again and then something happened on Halloween that year that was just like terrifying like me and my friends are just trying to throw this like chill party and like it got completely stormed on and like the cop like it was it was a lot like I had a panic attacks that night my mom's car got like scraped like my brother went missing for like a little bit like it was just a lot so then like the next day I ended up going to the hospital I don't really know why like I don't think I did anything to hurt myself I think I was suicidal but I don't really remember and then I still just wasn't doing well so we just decided that I needed to go back to treatment so I went to this one in Long Beach and that one was fine and it was chilling. There was this like thing happening outside with this one of my friends and like I was trying to help her and like they were saying they were calling the police and I thought they were calling the police on me and I was like I didn't do anything wrong. And so I just heard sirens coming closer and I just bolted like a fight or flight kind of moment. Like I literally just started running, running so fast like and then so then obviously the cops started chasing after me too and like there was nowhere to go i didn't even know this neighborhood so i was literally just running the street and so like all these firefighters and everyone was trying to run to get after me and i made run wrong turn into the left into like a different parking lot and it was like a cutoff parking lot like there was no getting through to the other side i was like damn because i was going to run back to the house because i was like i wasn't running to do anything but i was like terrified like it was literally like a fight or flight response but since they were, they were like, oh, we were running in the street. And I was like, because I was trying, like, anyway. So then they sent me to the psych ward and I was there for a little bit. And then I went back to the other place. And then I went home from there and I went back to life for a little bit. And then about February 2016, after my assault, I cut really bad at school. And so my school counselor, my school nurse took me to the hospital because there was a lot of traffic coming into that area of town and it would have been faster for them to just like meet my mom at the hospital. So um, that was when I got my first stitches with cutting. So then I went back to the hospital and then from there I was sent to treatment in Arizona. And I was there for two months and then I came home for two months and then I crashed my parents car into a tree obviously trying to kill myself so obviously that was a lot so like I went to the medical hospital overnight just for observation and then went to the psych ward and this was the first time I went to a different psych ward because there's only three in San Diego for adolescents and 
This one is the worst one out of all of them. Anyone who's been to a psych ward in San Diego knows which one I'm talking about. So then from there, I went back to Arizona for a couple months. And the reason why I was only going for a couple months is because like my insurance would just drop me around two months. Like insurances would not keep paying for me. So like I would have to leave even if I wasn't ready. Like I would just have to leave. So I left and then a couple months, like I had to start a whole nother school and I was six weeks late into that school. I cut myself really bad and had to take myself to urgent care and got a bunch of stitches. And then I went back to that psych ward, the bad one. And then from there, I went to the place in Vista. Then I stayed there for a little bit. And that was when I came to terms with my sexual assault. So it took like about nine months for that. And then I went back to that school for like about a month. And then I left school one day and cut myself bad. And I had to call 911, got a bunch of stitches. I was in the psych ward for a month because the second day I was there, I reopened my stitches and like they had to call the code blue and like I was bleeding a lot on the psych ward floor. So yeah, they kept me obviously longer than that since I actually almost tried, like I literally almost killed myself in the psych ward. <laughs> um, then I left that hospital and then the next day I cut myself really bad and like almost bled out in my room and had to be sent into emergency surgery and I got a blood transfusion. Um, I'm A positive blood if anyone's curious. So I was in the hospital for a few days recovering from that obviously and then I went back to the psych ward and I spent three weeks there and then they sent me to Idaho um, and Idaho honestly was the one of the best ones I'd been to like you know none of them are quality but like this one I you know like I would actually recommend this one if someone was like having issues and needed like a recommendation it was like outside and so everything you know I mean I don't know if anyone's been Idaho but like it's very green up there and we got to do a lot of things outside. We weren't caged up so often. Like they could take us to like Barnes and Noble or Starbucks. And like, we did a lot of outdoor activities. And that's kind of when I like started to fall back in love with like being outside. My IEP kicked in, which I needed so that they could pay for treatment so that my insurance would stop dropping me. But my district needed me to go to a school that was like sit down and not online and Idaho was online school. This guy and this girl in this huge truck literally came to pick me up from Idaho and like drove me down to Utah to the worst place on the entire planet. It was like called the therapeutic boarding school like bullshit. Like it's not like awful. Paris Hilton went there actually which is like funny kind of. That place was just bad. I was there for seven months like this guy and then this girl like flew me to this place in Marietta, which is like near Temecula. Um, they were cool though. Like I was talking to the girls, she doesn't like chocolate either. And like, they liked Frank Ocean. So we were playing Frank Ocean on the way to the airport. Yeah, it was, that was a good time. So then I got dropped off at this place in Marietta because I was gonna be stepping down. It was also, I left Utah because I was gonna be 18. 
So I showed up to Temecula three days before my 18th birthday. That place, something happened there and then eventually it became a place that was like stepped down. So I would come home on the weekends and it was just a way to help me transition into reality again. I also finished school there because at Utah I took my last semester or my first semester of my senior year, I took 10 classes. I took both first semester and second semester of both English 11 and 12 the same time and like pre-calc and like just physics and I took other things because I was so behind on my credits and so then when I ended up showing up to Temecula like the district did all my my grades and all I needed to get was one class I just needed like a world geography class or something like that so I finished this world geography class in like three weeks and then I finished school so I finished school like a like almost a semester early like it's like February 2018. That was kind of cool because like I really didn't think I was gonna graduate on time for the longest time um like i did miss taking sats and acts because i was in utah so i couldn't apply to schools for that year which ended up being the reason why i ended up having to go to a community college and why i now cannot like go to a university in california without a minimum of 60 credits because i'm considered a transfer student which is one of the reasons i am not in school like that's a whole nother situation i went to the psych ward when i was 18 in the summer where i got raped by another patient so that's kind of fun in november 2019 i cut myself and then lied my way out of going to the psych ward and then like two days later i cut again so i just ended up going to the psych ward 2020 rolled around and 2020 was when i checked myself into the psych ward and then two days later left and then the next day I jumped off a building. They sent me to the psych ward after I was like medically cleared. I went to go visit my uncle over summer and I came back and I was just extremely depressed. I was just like, and it had nothing to do with my visit with my uncle. Like it more so had to do with the fact that I did not want to come back to my life and my home. Like I really enjoyed being out there. I asked my mom to take me to the hospital and so we went. And that's when I did ECT, which is where they like induce seizures in your brain um, a minute at a time, three times a week for like six weeks or something like that. And that was awful, very brutal. That kind of really helped with my like suicide and self-harm. And I've tried a lot of other things too, like in between them, like I did TMS for like three years. I've tried every medication that ever exists. My suicide and my self-harm kind of had like calmed down enough, like then all my trauma started popping up. And so I was having really bad nightmares and I just didn't want to go to sleep. I was working at Dunkin's, so I was having coffee 24 seven. I, it was the first time I had ever had an energy drink, like 20 years old and literally the first time. Like I was just, and I didn't want to go to sleep. So obviously I was just on so much caffeine. It was when I was smoking weed for the, like again for the first time and like I think I'm pretty positive the weed I was smoking from that place all had a little bit of meth in it um just because like after that one day that I smoked a shit ton of weed um from that place and like I blacked out and like that was the day that I know for sure at least that weed was laced with meth because I blacked out and then apparently I took a bunch of pills and 
drink alcohol. I have no idea. Like, I don't remember it. And then my mom took me to the ER and, like, my, my pulse was, like, 38 or something like that. So, like, they put me in the ICU. And I woke up in the ICU the next day. Then they, like, transferred me to the heart, like, cardiac floor. And this is where everyone was asking me if I was doing meth. And I was like, because I had a lot of other drugs in my system as well. Obviously not just from the overdose, but just because I was not doing well at that time frame in my life. Like I was abusing my benzos and a lot of weed. I started vaping with all the nicotine, a lot of caffeine. Um, and obviously they were like, oh, you have meth in your system. And like, I was so confused because I obviously never just out here trying to do meth for the hell of it. Like... <laughs> literally like I don't even think I've ever seen meth in real life so I was so confused and so like that was obviously when we put the pieces together that the weed was laced with meth but I went through really bad detox so that to me just makes me wonder if like the whole time I was doing it and like that's why my detox was so bad but it's really hard to say because I was like the benzos and then obviously a weed tolerance break and my heart barely pumping the meth I don't know, it was a bad like withdrawal and like they couldn't give me anything to help with the detox or like withdrawals because um, of how like bad my heart rate was, like how low it was. So that was extremely uncomfortable, like I had really bad paranoia, like oh, it was just, ugh, it was a lot. So they thought I tried to kill myself, you know, because obviously with my history, like you would assume that even though I just was smoking a bunch of weed and next thing you know I'm in the ICU, like... I don't, I don't consider that a suicide attempt and I also made a promise to myself after my jump that I would never try and kill myself again. So I don't count that. Some people like to, but that's not my issue. So then from there I went to the psych ward obviously and then we were trying to get me to go to this one place but it was just, it was not working out. So then I left and I came home for a little and I was like, I can't do this. I have too much trauma. Like, cause my parents weren't letting me smoke weed anymore. And it's just, I couldn't do it without the weed. Like my brain was just like, I, I can't exist. And so we ended up being able to let me go to that place in Carlsbad. And that is actually where I met my ex because that person worked there. It's just, is so lovely uh, to think about that this person worked there. They were not a part of the clinical team. However, they still worked there. And they, it was like obvious that I liked this person too and like completely took advantage of me for the next year of my life. So that was great. When you go into a trauma center to help yourself with trauma and then you meet someone who gives you like insane amount of trauma, you love. So I went in there, tried to get some help. Like my trauma therapist was amazing. I wish I could have continued with him, but he didn't take my insurance. The clinical team there was ass and a half, like awful, but he was cool. And I met some cool people there and it was a good time for the most part. And then that brings us to 2021. And yeah, that was the last time I've been in any kind of psychiatric issue thing. 2021 was the first year, like calendar year, I didn't go to the psych ward since I had started at 14, which is like a really big deal. I'm definitely in a much better place now and like 
I do sometimes get suicidal, but it's not suicidal to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. It's just like, ugh, I wanna be dead. Like, I wish I was dead. Kind of like passive suicidal, I guess. And I still get urges to self-harm, but everything is different. I react to things differently. I can calm myself down so much faster. I am just a different person than who I was back then. And I'm grateful for that. But I still have so much healing to do because in all that, there were so many more little things that happened that, I don't know. I've been through a lot. <laughs> I think I just don't give myself enough credit for going through all that and like still being here and then also just being kind. It makes me feel weird to like say this. I don't know why. Like, because I feel like it shouldn't. Like, I'm not shouldn't, but like, it's not helpful that it feels this way because I have been through a lot and I like am proud of myself. I think, like, I don't know. Because I mean, I went through all that and then, like, obviously, in between all those, there's like so much more as well, but it's like, and I did all that and like, I graduated high school early. Like I went through all of that and managed to graduate early. Like, I don't know, that's pretty cool. But I've just been through a lot and I'm still here, I'm still alive. Still trying to make the most of every day. I hope this doesn't come off across as me like trying to make myself a victim or anything. That's just why I don't really tell a lot of people. I mean, one is a lot, this whole entire story, but also I don't want it to make me seem like I'm trying to be the victim because I'm not like one, I hate when people victimize themselves. Like literally it's so frustrating to me. So I, I mean, I guess like I also don't want to be that person, but I don't know. I think I just need to find a balance because I don't give myself enough credit for what I have been through. Like I can be a survivor, just like a victim, but you know, someone who overcame it. So I guess that's a better word for me. I'm a survivor, like a warrior. I don't know. Even just saying this and knowing that I'm going to post this makes me feel uncomfortable, but we have to grow and learn so anyway that's my life for the last like 10 years <laughs> i'm gonna end that there stay strong you think you could go through the worst of the worst and it will never end but it will it gets better you need to stop making excuses for why your life is the way it is your life and start changing it that's all I gotta say. I'll see you in the next podcast. And in the meantime, stay cool, be you, and peace.